When they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing, and the people stood by watching. But the leaders scoffed at him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him. This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding him and saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God? Since you are under the same sentence of condemnation. And we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus replied, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. The word of the Lord. We hear that chant sung. I hope you'll be hearing that chant in your head all day long, all week long. I hope it gets stuck in there. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. They've got a new name for that sort of thing. I don't really like the name. Earworm. I don't like the way that image is in my head. But the idea is good that it gets stuck in your head and you've just got this thing happening. One time we were in a Tizay service here, and we sang that song. And the idea of these chants is you sing them until you don't have to think about the words anymore, that they just keep coming in and out of your mind, heart, and mouth. And getting lost in them, you are ministered to by them. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Maybe we should start today by acknowledging that Jesus couldn't forget you. Jesus isn't like those other kings. He's not like those kings who are so focused on themselves that they can't even really notice that you're there. Or if they do, what they notice about you is what you can do for them, how you can help them get what they want. Jesus is a different kind of king. The kind who's kingdom was established on this platform with these words, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, for which His constituents cheered. As long he was, as he was talking about them, or as long as he was talking about those they liked. But when Jesus defined the poor and the captives and the blind and the oppressed and those who would receive the Lord's favor as the other, as those they didn't like, as those they did not approve of, they wanted to kill 
Jesus. They wanted to kill the man who eventually would say, Today you will be with me in paradise. Long before he said those words to a criminal from a cross, Jesus touched a leprous man and a bleeding woman and a deceased child. Not for photo ops. He did not gain popularity by doing that which was unclean for him to do. He wasn't looking to win political points by touching those he was told not to touch, by touching the outcast. He was there to win the outcast's lives, to grace them. It was for them, not him, that he did his deeds. He graced people with his actions. He graced people with his words, his teachings. He called them to a kingdom that values mercy and contentment and sharing and peace. A kingdom that remembers those others would forget. Jesus could not forget the criminal. The one on his right or the one on his left. He could not forget the soldiers who mocked him or the crowds who watched him. He could not forget you or me. As we took the time today to sing, Jesus, remember me. Since King Jesus could not forget us, we wonder, why pray the prayer? Why chant the song? Why ask to be remembered? My wife's grandmother, Mama Mac, will often ask me to say hello to my family on her behalf. Only she doesn't say it that way, which I appreciate. I've never really understood the idea of someone saying to you, say hello from me, and then you having to go and do that, and then come back two weeks later and say, they say hello back. I never... It seems like if you've got some haze to say, you can pick up a pen or a phone and leave me out of it. But that's a lot to say to a 98-year-old woman. So I appreciate that she, instead of saying, tell them hey for me, says will remember me to your people. Remember me. I don't mind saying that because what she's really asking me to do is to let them know she thinks of them, cares about them. She remembers them. She wants me to relay that affection. The criminal on the cross was not at all interested in, in Jesus simply remembering that he existed. In his request that Jesus remember him when he comes into his kingdom, he was asking for favor. He wanted Jesus to care for him after he comes into his kingdom. He wanted him to care for him enough to open the doors of the kingdom to him, to invite him into the kingdom, to allow him to experience the joy that comes with the kingdom which is an acknowledgement that that criminal saw that one, Jesus is king even when he's on the cross even when the throne is a cross, and that two, Jesus has the power to invite in or exclude. And there was something about Jesus that told the criminal, 
He just might remember him. I've never talked to a king, not an earthly one anyway. What would you say if you did? Was it like to have all that stuff? Do you ever wish you could just be ordinary? Do you like having people serve you all the time? Some people would. What keeps you up at night? It would take a lot of courage to go up to a king and say, Can I have part of your kingdom? I don't need much, just a little land to tend, some property from you, a little money, food, just a piece of your kingdom. Would the king say, Sure. Take it. Enjoy. I'm thinking the conversation would go a little differently. Maybe, generously, he'd say, it doesn't really work that way. Have a good day. Maybe less generously, get this man away from me. He knows not what he's asking. Or perhaps, you want part of my kingdom? Let me tell you what you have to do for me. There aren't many kings whose primary concern would be, what can I do for you? There's at least one. When the criminal asked to be remembered, the king on the cross said, today you will be with me in paradise. It wasn't, here's what you have to do in order to enter my kingdom. It wasn't when you've proven yourself, I'll see what I can do. It wasn't even, yeah, you come into my kingdom and I'll show all those others what they missed out on. It was welcome. Welcome. Isn't that amazing? The criminal on the cross asked the king on the cross, remember me. King of Kings responded from the cross, Today you will be with me in paradise. Such a Christian thing. The criminal acknowledged that he deserved to be crucified. And yet he asked Jesus to remember him and, and Jesus offered him paradise. But it wasn't from paradise that Jesus offered him paradise. It was from the cross, Jesus the King on the cross. He didn't sit high above it. He didn't sit slightly above it. His being raised on the cross was a sign that He was willing to take the worst of what we can do for one another or to one another and endure it on our behalf. In fact, it was His continual offering of grace to those who were considered the worst that put Him on a path to the cross. Jesus revealed God to everyone. And to anyone who would listen, He called them to recognize that His kingdom is not like those of this world. He invited His hearers into a kingdom that does not prioritize those who are in power and is not built on selfish desires. And because of that, He ended up on a cross and it was on a cross that He not only remembered the sins of the world, but also the sinners. And what we learn from Jesus praying on behalf of those who placed Him on the cross, 
What we learn on his, from his invitation to the one who asked to be remembered into paradise is that Jesus did not remember the sinners just that they may be kept into account for what they had done wrong, but to show them grace and mercy that they did not deserve. He remembered the sinners. He remembers the sinners to show us grace and mercy we do not deserve because that's the kind of king he is. I've been imagining something lately. Speculation, there's, there's nothing biblical about it. But I've been imagining what would have happened if they took that thief off the cross while he was still well enough to live. What if they took him off the cross after Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise, but instead of being remembered that day into paradise, he's restored into this life. They take him off the cross. Any chance he would seek to bring good news to the poor? Recovery of sight to the blind? Release to the captives? That he would try to help the oppressed go free? Any chance he would give whatever years he had left to go and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I'm certainly not saying he would be the new Messiah. I'm not even saying that he had a debt to pay. Grace is free. No strings attached. What I'm wondering is that having been brought into the kingdom, could he help but serve it. When a cross is a throne, the one who is on it remembers you. Everything you thought you knew about kings and kingdoms is turned upside down. It's as if having been remembered, you never want to forget.